This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Yes, it is Judd's Hockey Show, recording on a Sunday evening after the Wild loses in a shootout 3-2 to the San Jose Sharks. They have played two games since we last did a Judd's Hockey Show. Judd's old guy, Declan Goff, as always. And uh, the Wild won one nothing against Seattle. Marc-Andre Fleury, 28-save shutout. Matt Zuccarello, the only goal in that game tonight. They go up two rip against the Sharks. Not a good team at all. And uh, then they give up the next, well, two goals to tie it. They go to overtime. It was a wild overtime. It was a lot of fun to watch. Nobody scored. And um, then in the shootout, uh, Kaprizov scores for Minnesota. Uh, Sharks get a couple, including one from Nick Benino, the former member of the Wild. And they leave with a 3-2 victory in postgame. Dean Evison was as hot as I have heard him. It's weird. Sometimes you expect Dean to be mad, and he mm-hmm. really tries to downplay it. Like, he he shoots fairly straight for a coach, but uh, lots of times when you expect him to be at his most uh, PO'd, he's not. Well, tonight, he was. He He said, and I quote, we got what we deserve. We didn't deserve to win that hockey game. Uh, here's what drives him crazy, Dex, and it goes back to something that we've talked about a couple weeks ago, at least, or if not a week ago. But anyway, the point is this. The East-West nature of this team, thinking it's a flashy, good, skilled hockey team, aside from Kirill Kaprizov, mm-hmm. is driving Dean Evason and I think the fans absolutely crazy. This is a North-South team that has to play its ass off to score goals. Um, you, you can certainly go through how inefficient they've been five on five. Uh, they got a shorthand of Golden Knight among their two goals. But the reality is, I think Dean's at his wit's end of watching a lot of very marginally talented players who don't wear 36 or 97 think that they are going to look like Denny Savard with the Spinorama, which, by the way, Dean mentioned tonight, the Spinorama. We think we're going <laughs> to do Spinoramas. Um, and I don't blame him one bit. This is not a playoff team if they try to be as cute as they're currently being. They are a playoff team if they work their butts off. Um, but, you know, one goal in Seattle, Flurry played a great game, credit to him, but that could easily be a loss too. This team, plain and simple, has to start to work its butt off and quit thinking that it's it's some skill, high-level hockey team. Yeah, that, I mean, you love to, uh, you loved the buzzword identity from uh, the local TV broadcast about uh, two weeks ago into the season. And yeah, they don't know their identity. The, the, they don't know their identity, and they just, they're not a skilled team. They can't play as deep as they were last year. And, and losing Kevin Fiala is, is, is one thing, and that's a domino effect. You knew you weren't going to just solely replace his production. Um, but this team is not good enough to win on talent alone. I'm paraphrasing Herb Brooks there a little bit. You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Um, their goaltending has been really solid. Uh, I, I know Gustafson let in a real softy from, from former wild player Nico Sturm at the end of the game on Sunday night. That definitely should not have went in. But um, my, my broken record theme is this team can't score five on five, and it's killing them. I mean, Judd, they've played. You, you and Mackie kind of laughed at me when I gave, I said, six five on five goals in a week and four games. 
They've scored four five-on-five goals in the last three games. Yeah, That's it. They can't score five-on-five. They don't have the talent to do so. Um, And I don't know, as currently constructed, they can win some games two to one, one, nothing. I mean, they, we've, we've seen it already play out a few times and it has recently on Friday night against the Kraken. I just don't know if that's a sustainable and believable way for me to convince that this team is good. If that's how they're going to win games, they, they have to figure out ways to more have generate more consistent offense. Right. If they're going to be taken seriously. And Dean's point is it's there. You just have to work. That's the problem. Like if this team was just inept, they, they couldn't grind. They couldn't, they had no skill. Then it would be like, okay, you're just not good. But the reality is if they grind, they'll score goals. And if they if they don't grind, I mean, it's just a lot of guys who look like, uh, because, or I shouldn't say a lot, it is certain guys who look like because they have been good in previous hockey lives that they think that they can get away with the same garbage and crap uh, that they did that was successful previously, and it's just not true. Now, on Gustafson, who gave up um, the two goals in the third period because one of the questions to Dean in the post-game press conference tonight was trying to absolve Gustafson because he gave up, well, three goals, including the shootout, but two goals when they were really playing what I consider to be the sport of hockey. And Dean's quote was, we should have been able to finish it, meaning, because I think the Sturm goal drove him crazy because yeah, it's a terrible sure. goal. Horrible goal. But, but the reality is this, too. The Wild, Flurry's great of late. He's unbelievable. But no matter what you think of the goaltending, you can't, and and I think Gustafson's been the victim of this, not the Avalanche loss, but certainly the Detroit loss, certainly tonight. Um, he's not capable of consistently being good enough to steal games. He's just right. not. Right. He yeah. is, he, he's a two. And, and if a two gives up two goals at home to San Jose, you should win. Uh, that, that Detroit game, it was another prime example. He played well enough to win. They didn't score mm-hmm. goals. And to ask him, hey, dude, don't allow bad goals. He's not capable of that. He's going to allow some right. bad goals. That's just him. So um, where I'm going to side with Dean completely here is say they've got to have guys get to work. They've got to have guys who play, grind it, grind it out, muck it up, get to the net, get rebounds. This whole thing of thinking that you are some high-level um skilled player for a lot of this team is folly and it's going to lead to more problems and as you documented you know five on five you got to score some goals Mm -hmm. and you know this isn't me trying to be too negative here but a guy who they have to have show up and be a talented player who's going to play significant minutes i mean matt boldy's been kind of a ghost over this last week um no goals in the last five games i mean when you lose fiala and you thought you can replace it with boldy um that's that's not a complete miss there. Like Matt Boldy's probably one of the most talented players on this team, obviously, but um, he's been a passenger. He's been below a passenger in my opinion, the last five games. I know I've been using that word a lot this season with certain other players, but he's got to be better. Um, I think Kirill Kaprizov and Zuccarello potentially could be broken up here um, in, in, the, in the next game going into it, just because Dean also mentioned the whole, you know, they, they want to play a more, north south game and they have to figure out ways to not play as much east and west and as much as it's when they're on in zuccarello and kaprizov with their passing and their playmaking and their iq and knowing where each other is even when they aren't um it's fun to watch but right now they they need to spread out this offense in a different way you know it it you can't just have those two on the ice in zuccarello and kaprizov and expect well that's it that'll carry our offense that'll score all of our goals that's a one-line pony show and that's gonna hurt you again so i think it's getting boldy going i think it's potentially breaking up Kirill. And Zuccarello, um, you know, positively, I thought 
Marco Rossi had another great game today. Mason Shaw had a great game today. And judging by the comments, Mason um, Shaw works his ass off. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the guy that Gene's talking about, right? Like that's what he does. He works his ass off and he'll get rewarded or his line mates will get rewarded for a goal. Connor Dewar tonight. Great, great, great goal, right? Like that was, yep. it was a shorthanded goal. They came in a rush. Dewar's not going to beat you on his town alone, but he's two on O and look, he's probably going to score some of those chances here and there. Um, they they need more offense, and if that means breaking up continued lines that have that have worked for them in the past, they have to try it. They kind of have to try almost anything and everything at this point. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go back to I don't know that breaking up Zuccarello and Kaprizov is is in the cards, but I'll go back to you know Goudreau had a goal tonight, but I still think that him being in the middle of two highly skilled players presents some problems there. If they do so, if they broke. Uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello up. Who would you put them with? Uh, like who? Like what? The center? What center would I put them? Yeah, with? and 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 like which which lines? So Kaprizov and whom? I would I, I would definitely dabble. I mean, because like Kirill and Boldy are the same shot, right? They're they're both they're both left, I believe. Yeah, but both but both of them can play the right both side. Can and play Bo- right. And Boldy plays the right side now. That Jordan Greenway. I know you're shocked by this. Is out again. Yeah. Um. I would try to pair up Kirill. I, I would break up first off. I would break up Mats and Kirill at this point. I, I would just, I'd break them up. Um, and I would, I would probably put Kirill with Boldy. Um, I, I would try something there. I, I wouldn't also be upset if it was Zuccarello with Boldy. Um, I think Boldy needs to get his game going a little bit more. I kind of feel good with, I'm not saying Kirill has to play with slappies and it'd be kind of disrespectful for him to yeah. play with slappies. I, well, he sort of does with Goudreau. Exactly. So slappy. Um, I would like to get Boldy going. So whatever sparks getting Boldy going, I think is kind of a trickle down effect of that other player who is supplying him is also going to be in an effective role. I mean, we were all wondering and the league was wondering how will Kevin Fiala play without Matt Boldy? And then conversely, how will Matt Boldy play without Kevin Fiala? Fiala has been pretty damn good with the LA Kings so far. Boldy got a really nice start to the season, but now no goals in the last five games. I think just one assist. Um, yep. in that times in that time frame. So can you get Boldy going? Does that spark something else? Um, and if if Kirill and Matt's end up together again down the road, I don't think that that's a bad thing either. But this offense is so putrid five on five that they have to, I think, try anything and everything to get something going a little bit more to get more offense. Yeah, we, we did see an interesting experiment. I think it was done a couple of weeks ago now by Dean uh, when the offense had hit a snag again, and it's continued to do so. Uh, he had Boldy actually between Zuccarello and Kaprizov at center because Boldy can play. Boldy struggled at center in college, but when you watch him play, he plays like a guy that should be able to be an effective center because he's got, it seems like he's got uh, really good vision on the ice and can make some nice plays. So, I mean, that's got some potential. I don't know if they would do do that. You, you know, part of my problem is this, too. So, and you knew that this was going to bite them. And don't tell me that Ryan Hartman returning is going to fix it. Because remember, he'd been, he'd been demoted before he got hurt to a wing, all right? Mm-hmm. But you knew it was going to bite him in the ass when you were going, and you are going, Goudreau. Eric Sinek I'm fine with. In fact, I would, I might toy with, switching him around as well not because i think he's playing bad but because he is he is your in my opinion best pure center now rossi definitely not there yet i still would toy with him playing with more skilled guys to see if it would jumpstart him but you know dex the reality is this when sam Steele's playing a key role you know sam Steele is a guy he is just a guy so yeah so um 
I think there could be some interesting things to toy with here, back to your point. And I think Erickson Eck, you know, we've fallen so in love with, well, he has to play, you know, on the uh, geek line. It has to be the geek. Well, first of all, God knows when Jordan Greenway is going to be playing full-time. Like, he came back again. I don't think he played, If correct me if I'm wrong, on Friday against Seattle. And now he didn't play tonight, and he's not going to play against the Predators in Nashville on Tuesday night. And the earliest he might be back is the Thursday game, I think, against Pittsburgh at, at the X. But the point is, the guy has basically um, had issues with that upper body problem the entire season. So um, you could toy with Eck with Kaprizov. You could toy. I, I mean, there's a lot of things that you could do. I do. So I don't think splitting up Kaprizov and Zuccarello long term is in the cards or a great idea. But I sort of like your point about it might spark some things. Yep. Like it just looks like it look this offense five on five far too frequently just looks stale. And in the other thing that I saw tonight, and this is the other place where I felt like in the road trip, the wild made up for this by doing this a bit. And tonight they clearly, although I did not see the entire game because of Viking stuff, but I did watch the highlight package uh, and just going through the box score here, Dex, Bro, um, Addison, Brodeen, Dumba, Merrill, Middleton, and Spurgeon accounted for four shots on goal. Hmm. Nobody had more than one. And I felt like in the on the trip, they were activating the defenseman. That Dumba yes. goal was great because it, yeah. it comes with some danger. I get that. But he was activated. He was right on the doorstep and scored. Um, they need more offensive contributions from the blue line for sure. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that a guy like a Merrill or a Middleton's going to give you a ton from there, but you need to activate those guys. I mean, Dumba continues for the most part to just be, in my opinion, non-factor guy. So yeah, I, I think Dean, so I think Dean is right to be frustrated by how they're playing. I also think that there are some just natural problems here that you aren't necessarily going to fix quickly, given the personnel you're deploying. And you know, do they have enough juice defensively to, if they want to become a worker, working team, like Dean's saying, like if they just work their butts off and they try to check you and they try to win battles in the corners and they try to win low scoring games, they can play that style. But I think just from, from my guess on if they want to play that style, I don't, I don't know if it's going to work for them. Like I, I just, I don't know if it's going to work long-term and them being taken seriously as contenders. Could they get in, in the playoffs? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I, I don't think I would be as excited, and I don't think I'd be as optimistic as I was last season. And I know that team lost to the Blues in six games for maybe right. a few of the reasons we're talking about of not working hard enough or not getting the goaltending you needed here and there. Um, and the and the league is off to a weird, you know, Colorado's starting to figure out a little bit here, but the Central's still a, a gong show to try to, or a, not a gong show, but a gauntlet to get through. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if if they want to play a workman style game and then rely on goaltending and you know, kind of a la play Jacques Lemaire hockey and win these low scoring games with stellar goaltending with minimal offensive contributions. I just don't know if that's going to be able to carry them through an 82 game season and then be taken seriously in the playoffs. Yeah, you might be right. The one thing where I do think that it's frustrating for Dean and for me personally, because my, my uh, RSN tries to tell me differently is the identity thing though. I, I mean, Dean's point's right. Their identity no matter how far they can potentially get. And look, they are not as good of a team. They're certainly not as talented as the regular season version of the Wild last year. So 
I think Dean's point is the only way that we're going to make hay is to play north-south and drive the net and try and score goals. And he's sick of watching guys who are basically him because this is who he was. He was a worker bee. So I think what he's sick of is why are guys who are his talent, who are, uh, you know, carry the talent that I did with the Hartford Whalers or Washington Capitals, why are they trying spinoramas? What are they doing? Why are they trying to be cute? Um, and he is right on that. So is this like a team that, that I expect to make a playoff run right now? No, it's not. Um, I also think that you are taking a chance, and we could debate this too, and this is a, this is a coaching call. Um, with the way he's playing of light, if Marc-Andre Fleury starts tonight and they played Friday, off Saturday, on Sunday, off Monday, on Tuesday, if they had started Fleury tonight, does he hold that, that lead? Does he allow that Sturm goal? With the way he's playing right now, he probably does not, and they probably win two to one. So, like, there's there's a lot to say, to go through here. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, when Gustafson starts, it's it's different, man. It's different. He's played some decent games. I'm not saying he's terrible. But Marc-Andre Fleury right now, God bless him, is that is back at the top of his game. Yeah. That's Sturm goal. You can't – the problem is this. You can't afford to give up that goal with this team. <laughs> I mean, and, and looking at their schedule, too, like, I, I don't see a situation – where Gustafson's potential, maybe he plays one of these next six games. And again, the Wild have a weird schedule con- conflict coming up. So they'll play in Nashville on Tuesday. And then they're home for a bit, which is great. They have Thursday against the Penguins, which should be a great test. They're home against the Hurricanes, which should be a great test. Um, they have uh, the, they're off then for four days, but they remain at home against the Jets. Uh, they have the Maple Leaves. They have the Coyotes. So they got like a five-game homestand here, but none of them back-to-back. Um, none of them, Some of them with even more than multiple games off. Maybe Gustafson slides in there just from a rotational standpoint, but I don't think he plays against the Penguins. He certainly won't play against the Hurricanes. I don't think he'd play against the Jets or the Maple Leafs. Maybe the Coyotes. Maybe the Coyotes is probably the only game that he would draw into because Arizona is horrible. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to them in a second because I got a question for you. But yes, okay. um, but but I I think Mark Andre Fleury is probably going to start these next five straight games, and he you you should you you need him at this point yep. to bail you out, and he's done that before. He's done that now. Um, multiple times a season after a, a, a really horrible first four period start to the, to the season. Outside yep. of that, he's been money. But again, I just as much as goaltending can carry to a degree, and I love Mark Andre Fleury. How much can that thirty eight year old guy be the man for you throughout an eighty two game season? I think it's just a tough ask. I think that this should be as constituted right now. I think they're a questionable playoff team, but I think that they should be a playoff team. But I have no expectations beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, unless they make a trade, but again, you are, you know, right up for the current time against the cap, as we've discussed before, that's going to be relieved a little bit at the deadline. Um, but I don't look at this and say, I do look at it and say, Dean's right. This team needs to, needs to understand its identity is that of a working team. That's not that great. So I agree with him there, but I don't look at at it and say, but if they work, they're a Stanley Cup type team. To to me, they're not. To me, you had that opportunity and made some trades at the deadline last year for that. But I'm going to go through the Central Division standings here, Dex, for you quick. And I'd like to get your impressions because there are some right now, and you know, I I know that most teams are uh, 14 to 15 games in. There are right now some major surprises compared to what we probably thought, okay? The first place team played 14 games, 19 points. The Jets, who have been outstanding so far. The Stars have played 15 games, 19 points as well. 
Mm-hmm. Co- Colorado's only 13 games, 17 points, followed by the Wild, 16 points Wild. in 15 games. Did get a point for the shootout loss tonight. Right behind them, this is very intriguing. Yeah, At 14 games played is the Chicago Blackhawks at 15 points. Arizona's played 15 games. They're at 13 points, as is Nashville. The Coyotes, a very pleasant surprise. The Predators, a bit a very big disappointment. Yeah. And then the real shocker, I guess, among the mm-hmm. disappointments is the St. Louis Blues in 13 games have only 10 points and are 5 and 8. So, as we near the 20 game mark, what do you make of of that and the fact that, you know, like the Jets for sure and the Blackhawks, Coyotes are probably surprises. Blues are a disappointment and right in the thick of that, so they're not really a disappointment. Right. Uh, but but they aren't achieving what they could is the Minnesota Wild. Uh, I'll give you my answer here in just a bit, Judd, but guess what? I have some breaking news here on this oh podcast God. on Judd's Hockey Show. I don't have a sounder to play, but uh, breaking news. A new sponsor has entered the freight oh, here at Judd's Hockey Show. A new number one center, if you will, that we've been all been coveting to look for. And that is my friends at Lake Ridge Liquors in Vadness Heights, which has a huge local craft selection of beer, including Surly, including Before I Die. So if you know you want a Before I Die Surly, you can go get there. Uh, they have over 1,000 wines in stock. And probably the coolest thing about this is they have a rewards program. I, there's nothing, you know, if you, if you go to the liquor store a lot, like you and like Judd and I do, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a reward system, right? You get a little points here and there. You get a couple bucks off, maybe your next visit. And if you sign up now, uh, they, when you sign up for their rewards, rewards program, they will spot you $5 in rewards for your next visit. They're paying you for a little bit of rewards when you mention SCORE, S-K-O-R. Uh, it's Lake Ridge Liquors in Badness Heights. It is right off 694 um, and Rice Street. So go check them out. It's Lake Ridge Liquors, 694 in Rice Street. Go check them out. And thank you for them for sponsoring yeah. the Judd's Hockey Show and for helping out business here, of course, at Score North. Um, to answer your question, I will say this. I, I am very glad the Wilder in the Central Division. Um, I'm when I'm looking at the Pacific right now, the Knights are hot, man. I mean, the, the Knights are finally all healthy. They were battling a crap ton of injuries last year. Jack Eichel is back to being the superstar. He was that they traded for, oh, um, the, the Kings are a fun. We've already seen them, uh, play against the wild a few times. The Kings are great. Um, the Kraken, I don't know. I, I don't believe this start, you know, they, they've actually gotten up to a really nice start this season. I don't know if I buy into the Kraken, but to relate it back to mm-hmm. the central, it, it it's kind of good that this division, the central that is, is kind of just all in a log jam here. It hasn't shipwrecked you. You know, you're not completely far out. You know, if the wild were crawling from 16 points to 26 points, like the golden Knights have right now in the Pacific division, just from a math equation, that's hard to do. And can you make up these games? You only played 15 to start the year in 82 game season. Of course you can, but right now we're kind of approaching that Thanksgiving day bubble. And I believe uh, if, if I'm, spitballing a little bit but if you were inside if you will the top eight so if, if you were a playoff team by the time thanksgiving weekend rolls around i think it's like a 75 percent chance that history has shown that those teams are in the top eight make the nhl playoffs and i know that sounds crazy because that's really only 20 percent or so of the nhl season but it is a good kind of idea of if you're firmly in that mix yep. on thanksgiving odds are you're probably gonna be firmly in that mix uh, by the end of the regular season. So can the wild show something here? And again, tough opponents coming up, especially a lot of the Eastern conference against the penguins, against the hurricanes, some good tests coming up for the wild. And they certainly can make up for it. But I, if I'm a wild fan, I am thankful that they're in the central and not the Pacific division. So I don't believe the Blackhawks coyotes 
are for real. Oh, I no, think God, they, no. I think they're I think they're going to plummet eventually. Especially Arizona. I think the Blues are going to pop back back up. The Blues are a weird team. You know, keep, keep in mind the year they won the Cup. I think they were in last place overall in the entire league when Mike Yo got fired and Berube replaced him, and then they ultimately end up uh, beating Boston in the Cup finals. Winnipeg and Dallas intri- uh, intrigue me. I think the Stars and Jets. I don't know if they're going to be first or second place teams, but I think that they, they're they the exact type of teams that very well could be stronger than we thought. Colorado will be, I think, absolutely fine. And so my first sort of like questionable team then is the Wild. Because, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say, oh, I think they'll be absolutely fine. When, when the head coach is spitting mad after a loss to a bad Sharks team, guess what? He might be, you know, he might be right on to something. Um, but that's where I think that this next stretch that you just talked about is also pivotal too, because there, this team needs to consistently show, cause the, you know what, for the most part, especially with flower, the goaltending righted itself pretty quickly. Gustafson is who he is. That ain't changing. I think he's going to allow some bad goals. That doesn't mean he's going to allow a ton of goals, but he's going to allow some stinkers. Um, but I think if this team, if this team does not get on track, if this team does not work its butt off, and if you have players on both uh, both the uh, forward lines and defense trying to get too cute, uh, this team could sink. This team could definitely sink. Potentially rhetorical question for you, but let me just throw these three teams out, and you tell me, are the Wild better, or can they be better than these teams? Okay, so there's three teams in front of them right now, obviously, in the Avalanche, Stars, and Jets. Are the Wild better, or can they be better than Colorado by the end of the season? No. No. I don't are, they, are they better, or can they be better than the Dallas Stars? Yes, but that, but I Jake Ottinger and goal can yeah, that's be well, damn he's, he's good. Flurry's thirty eight, but yes, with the way Flurry is playing right now, if nothing else, neck and neck. Okay, to me the Abs are clearly better. And then the Jets, the Jets who are off to a great start and are just a weird team. Do you think the Wild can be better or are a better team than the Jets? And this, the records are showing different tales right now. Yeah, they are better right now, but they can be. Okay, they can be. If Helen Buck plays a really plays well. He is a great goaltender. Uh but I'm not, you know, the thing with the Jets is it's 14 games. I'm certainly not completely sold. That being said, I do think that the Jets and Stars could could be the type of threatening teams to keep you out of a playoff spot where mm-hmm. I think like the Blackhawks and Coyotes are going to sink. And I do I would not be um I would not be surprised to see the Blues bounce back. Nashville I'm a little bit more out on, I guess right now, but yeah, um, the only team that, that that you named that I think is clearly superior in the division right now, Colorado, until it's proven that they're not. Now, they are missing some key guys. Your guy, Lanniskog, is out. <laughs> like, they've got some key guys out, yeah. and I don't know that their goaltending is necessarily great. Gorgiev I like, but, I mean, I've seen him play yeah. some sort of clunkers. Uh, but, yes, I do think, as a whole, right now and in the future, I do think Colorado definitely has a – major edge and talent on the wild okay yeah that, that, and that's kind of where i'm at too i think i think the stars are more of a potential wild card if you will to rise up and be legitimate contenders and that that mostly goes on ottinger yeah. um jason robertson is a stud they've had their veteran core with with sagan and ben there now forever um but ottinger is probably the wild card they're like right can ottinger emerge as potentially the best goalie in the division which i I could yep. I could see that being the case. I could see him legitimately being the best goalie in the central. So I, I think the Jets, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I thought the Jets five, six years ago, if you would have told me this, I would have been like, yeah, the Jets are are on the rise here. But the Jets, I just 
I don't know. I, I don't know if this has been a fluky start for them. I need to see a lot more uh, before I really buy into them being legitimate here. That's very fair. Kind of where I'm at. That's very Kinda fair. All right. So Dean's mad. Wild's <laughs> not scoring. And uh, we're disappointed. Uh, but besides that, everything is hunky-dory. No kidding. You know, there's no room for petty bull. Amen, Bill Guerin. There is no room for petty BS. By the way, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment right here on the Score North YouTube channel. The good news is the Vikings are 8-1 and one after oh. a thriller in Buffalo. I, it is. Uh, Judd and I are recording this at 10 p.m. Central on a Sunday evening here. I'm still kind of riding that high, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get to bed here in the next half hour, hour. I don't even know if I can. So if you want a full 95-minute breakdown of Vikings event line and riding that emotions and watching me take a shot to calm my nerves, you can do that on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. So go check out that as well. Of course, we are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on Score North. Again, thank you to Lake Ridge Liquors for jumping on board here on Judd's Hockey Show. So go check them out. Go get your service. Go get whatever you want there. Uh, Judd and I will likely be back multiple times this week with, again, some really big uh, foes on the schedule. And until then, pass, shoot, score. And again, please, five on five. Please, 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 pass, shoot, score.